values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. We should call him Huey Lewis and the KTAR News is what we should call him. Thanks for being here this afternoon or this morning. Uh, Nate Wessler, the deputy director of the ACLU Speech, Privacy, and Technology Project, joined us at 835 this morning. There is a program called Track, and what it does is it tracks financial transactions um, across the border and from Arizona to other states. And um, it's been it's kind of a dragnet, according to the ACLU. They believe it's unconstitutional. It, although this program has been going on since 06, um, our current attorney general says that, A, the, the program is effective, and it is really helping to diminish track and punish people that are human trafficking, drug trafficking, weapons trafficking. It's, it is a very useful tool. She believes it's constitutional. At least that's part of the, the release we heard from her office. Now, in fairness, we have reached out to the attorney general's office. As you can imagine, she is very busy, and we are trying to set up an interview with her probably the beginning of next week so we can get a rebuttal because the ACLU and Nate Wessler is saying that he believes this is a way, way too broad. It is encompassing innocent people having their records captured. And he believes it is a violation of people's rights. Now, I and I didn't get into a debate with him. I wanted him to, and he was such a wealth of information. So I hope you'll go back and listen to the interview in full. It was at eight thirty-five this morning, um, and hear the information that he gives out. But. This is kind of the pushback a little bit is that if we've had at least three attorney generals or attorneys general, however you're supposed to say that phrase, the if three of them from Arizona and multiple um, agencies around the the country that believe that this program works, they say the courts have weighed in on it, um, then I don't know why now all of a sudden. But he is saying that this program dates to 2006 and it is way too broad. Here's a little bit of the beginning of the interview. Starting in uh, about 2006, the state attorney general's office uh, started trying to get huge amounts of records about people's money transfers, private money transfers using companies like Western Union or MoneyGram or other money transfer companies uh, for law enforcement purposes. But instead of trying to get you know narrow records about particular suspects, which everyone agrees they can do if they have suspicion that someone's violated the law, uh, the state has been trying to, and in fact has been getting huge quantities, millions of records about mostly people who have done absolutely nothing wrong. So they believe this is a violation, and we're going to see what the courts have to say about this. So I asked him what he learned about this and when he learned these things and how he learned these things. The state attorney general's office has been sending subpoenas, basically a letter, compelling these money transfer companies to turn over every record of a money transfer of more than $500 to or from Arizona or to or from any of the other southern border states. So that might be you know, someone sending money to a family member from Phoenix to Chicago for an operation or, you know, someone in Sacramento uh, sending money over to a friend in New Mexico. And it's any of these transactions that are over $500. So who has access to this information? It's a stunningly broad program that has now amassed more than 150 million records of people's transactions and then opened them up to access by police around the country without a court order, without even a subpoena. Police, uh, thousands of police officers have been given direct login access to people's private financial transactions. We think that's overbroad. And in fact, Arizona courts have agreed that's overbroad. And yet the previous attorneys general have continued this massive surveillance program. So he believes that they're illegal. But one of the things I did ask him 
was could this affect cases that have already been prosecuted and are closed? So if uh, information from these subpoenas was used to convict people of crimes, could those cases be reopened? He doesn't necessarily think that. As a matter of fact, his comments were this. It's unlikely that closed cases can be reopened, but what is certainly possible is that people who are being prosecuted now who learn belatedly that this evidence was gathered in illegal and unconstitutional ways against them, they can file a motion to try to suppress the evidence. Um, And in fact, that's the primary way that people's constitutional right to privacy against government is enforced in this country. So I will tell you this. I am somebody that believes in people's right to privacy. If you listen to my show, I will. you'll probably figure out pretty quickly that you're not going to find many people, especially in, in the media, um, that are as pro-law enforcement as I am. I believe, in the, I believe in law enforcement. I believe they're good people. I believe they want to do the right thing. I have a strong belief, support, and love for the men and women of their first responders in any capacity, but in law enforcement especially. I come from a law enforcement family. But I'm also someone that is a firm believer in your right to privacy. And I've used this example in the past because it's happened to me. Um, I was once pulled over pretty late at night and a police officer approached my vehicle, had a conversation with me and uh, checked my driver's license, all the normal things you do. And then he asked me if he could search my truck. I was driving a pickup truck at the time. And um, I asked him why. And he said, we had an armed robbery And the person that left this parking lot was driving the same color pickup truck that I was driving, and he wanted to eliminate me as a suspect. I said, absolutely. Have at it. And I let him because he gave me a legitimate reason. If I get pulled over and a police officer says to me, do you mind if I search your vehicle? I'm going to ask why. And if I'm told if you've got nothing to hide, you've got nothing to worry about. I'll sit there and wait for the drug dog. I haven't done anything wrong. You've got no reason to search my vehicle, and I'm not going to have my rights violated for a witch hunt, for a fishing expedition. I'm just not going to. Even as pro-cop as I am, I'm going to decline that search. I believe that you have a right to say no unless you're being accused of a crime. In this case, I wasn't being accused, but there was a vehicle that I wanted to help them catch the right person, so I consented to one of those searches. In this case here, the the concern is when you hear Mr. Wessler talk about it, is that is law enforcement, and you have to take away for a moment how effective the program is, because I don't doubt for a moment that it is very effective. I have no doubt for a moment that they are, it is a great tool in which they are able to use the information and the intelligence they gather to find large sums of money that are being transferred this way and being used in, in, for, in a criminal enterprise. But you have to take that out of the consideration because that should not matter when you're talking about a program that's either legal or illegal. And that's where when you listen to Mr. Wessler talk, it sounds suspicious. It sounds ominous. But we've had three people that held the office of attorney general, at least three in Arizona going back to 2006, that have said that this program is legal, that have utilized this program, and say that the courts have weighed in on it and says that it's legal. Again, I'm not trying to diminish the message from Mr. Mr. Wessler, I'm saying this is the history of what's happened. We've reached out to the current attorney general. We've asked them to come on. We are trying to set up an interview for early next week if we can, just per schedule permitting, because I want to give the other side of this. I think everyone in Arizona right now should have their ears up. You know, the the hair on the back of your neck should be standing up a little bit concerned about what you're hearing. But that doesn't mean we have the full picture.
So in an attempt to get the full picture, we're reaching out to the attorney general's office because I think is an important enough story. Coming up in a moment. We always get you caught up with the biggest news stories of the day with a segment we call Did You Hear This? It happens here just momentarily. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Time to catch you up on the biggest news stories of the day. Did you hear this? Did you hear this? Broomhead's reaction to the hottest news stories. Nathan Wessler, the deputy director of ACLU's Speech, Privacy, and Technology Project, explains his concerns by the discovery of the Transaction Record Analysis Center and says that it needs to go. For Attorney General Mays, she's not responsible for starting this program. She isn't at fault for what has really become a scandal. But if she doesn't take action soon to curtail these violations of people's rights, she's going to be responsible. So she could end this now, uh, and I hope she does. After hearing his information today, does Track need a closer look by the AG's office? Yeah, I I don't know if it needs a closer look. I think we need more information. We have one side of the story. This program has been going on since 06. There have been three people that held the office of attorney general in Arizona that have said this program is viable, useful, and legal. So I want to hear from the attorney general's office if she believes that and why. The American people, the citizens of Arizona should be concerned. But until we have both sides of the story, I don't know. And I, I will say this. Even if it turns out that a court were to say this is not a legal program, I don't think that anybody did this with nefarious intent. I think this was done for the express purpose we keep hearing about, to be able to intercept, to document, and eventually lock up people that are human trafficking and drug trafficking and guns trafficking, that that was the thought process behind this. That doesn't make it legal. We're going to find out, but I want more information before I make a judgment. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre is laying blame on where our highest gas prices are coming from. Now House Republicans are using their n- narrow majority to force the American people to pay higher gas prices just as big oil companies are amassing record profits. House Republicans are also pushing a tax increase on middle class families, an inflation worsening tax cut for the rich. How should we view this statement? That was completely partisan you know what. That is absolutely not a Right, that statement is not true on any level. And the idea that Republicans are trying to raise gas prices is foolish. And then once again, she throws out there the class warfare argument, these obscene profits by oil companies. What about the other side of that coin? The Democrats are raising the business taxes. A part of the bill that was passed in the last legislative session, they have passed a tax that will be going in on the minimum tax for businesses across the country here in the U.S., all while the United States Treasury is already collecting record revenue. They're collecting record revenue, and yet they're raising their prices on the businesses in America while lecturing the oil companies about obscene profits. It's hypocrisy at every turn. You are listening to Did You Hear This? We do it every single day at 1120 to catch you up on the big headlines. It's Groundhog Day again. Documents with classified markings found at former Vice President Pence's Indiana home have been turned over to the FBI for review. We're told a lawyer for Pence conducted a proactive search and found about a dozen documents marked as classified. Why does this issue seem to be so widespread? If you remember, Julie, at the beginning of this, I asked a question, and that question is, I wanted to know how widespread this was. 
How many living presidents, how many living vice presidents have these documents? Is it a widespread issue that needs to be cleaned up? And we had this one big story with former President Trump making it sound like the crime of the century. And then with President Biden making it sound like that these two guys didn't know what they were doing as far as keeping classified documents. Or is this something with the massive amounts of paper that presidents and vice presidents get that this is a fairly common thing? I'm not calling it right. A common occurrence. And now we're hearing this. I wonder who's next. Is it going to be President Obama? Is it going to be President Bush? Is it going to be uh, Vice President Cheney? Who will be the next ones in line? Are we going to find out, unfortunately, that this is a common occurrence? That's what we're going to ask next. The 2023 Oscar nominations are out, and I think you'll be happy with one of the choices for Best Picture. You'll never forgive yourself. No turning back now. And if you didn't know, that was audio from Tom Cruise's Top Gun Maverick. And in addition to Best Picture, it was also nominated for Best Film Editing, Original Song, Sound, Visual Effects, and Adapted Screenplay. Is this on your list for all-time favorite movies? Um, I don't know about all-time favorite, but in all admission, I've watched it four times since it came out. I've seen this movie four times. That's how much I liked it, especially the connection to the old one. It's cheesy like it's supposed to be in places. It's pretty cool. I, I like um, I like like the new love interest better than the first one. Um, so I just got to say I love the movie. So I'm glad it's getting the accolades that it's getting. It's a feel-good movie, edgier-seat kind of movie, and the and the the, uh, the one-liners that you'd expect are there. And the guy that plays – I'm not giving anything away here. The guy that plays Goose's son in the movie, he plays – Is it what's his name? Is it Rooster? No, is that his name in the movie? He looks just like Goose. I mean, it looks like that's his real child. It is an amazing movie. So congratulations to Top Gun Maverick. Now I know why you were asking me how many times I've seen the movie. Just had to double check. Yeah, four times. I've seen it four times. I bought it when it came out. Um, so I'll I'll, wa- I'll probably go home and watch it again today. It's one of those movies that when you don't have anything else to watch and say, ah, what have I seen before that I'll watch again? That's definitely one of the movies you'll watch again. And by the way, the theater experience is like no other. You saw it, right? Yes. It, incredible. Fantastic. Now, were you already familiar with the first one? Did you already seen the first one? Yes. Okay. All right. So that's a big part of it because I think it would stand alone by itself anyway. But the connections to the old, the first movie make it really even better. I think that's one of the one of the sequels I've seen that's as good as the original. And Tom Cruise said he wasn't going to make that movie until he had the technology to make it better. Yeah, well, he did it. And you look at movies like Godfather 2, Rocky 2, where the sequels really add to the first movie. This is one of those kind of movies to me. It was great. So anyway, that's, uh, that's Did You Hear This? We do it every day at 1120. Uh, coming up in a, full, uh, a moment, we go back to something you heard where the the press secretary for the White House says that gas price increases are to blame. Republicans are to blame. So we're going to talk more about the economy and what's coming your way next. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app.
All right, thanks so much for being here. Um, the class warfare argument that was made by the White House press secretary in saying that Republicans want to raise taxes on the middle class at the same time give tax cuts to the rich. It is such a false narrative, but let's talk about taxes. Let's talk about how things work. Let's look at what works and what doesn't. Where would you rather live? I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. The current way and the current economies and the way they are, would you rather live in an economy that Arizona provides or an economy that California provides? Do you want to live in a structure where businesses are fleeing California? There was just a story a couple of months ago. U-Haul, of all places, saying that U-Haul trucks leaving California, the number one destination, Texas. Why? There are no beaches in Texas. I mean, there's no oceans in Texas unless you live in Houston and got the Gulf of Mexico. But you don't have um, you don't have the it's not the same as the Pacific Ocean in Malibu. Let's just put it that way. And why are they moving to Texas in such great numbers? Why has New York seen the biggest exodus of millionaires to Miami, to Florida than they've ever seen before? The answer is wealthy people are sick of paying more and more and more and more in taxes to the state and local level to have it squandered the way it is, to see the crime rates that they've seen. That's just a fact. Now, business taxes are going up. Um And uh, beginning this year, businesses will face a steeper federal tax burden thanks to several major changes, including included in the health care and climate change spending bill. So here we are at a time when the economy is slowing, when the fear of recession is bigger than ever, that we are hearing now. Most experts continuing to say, even if it's small, we're going to see a recession next year. The stock market's behaving like it's going to happen. The banks are behaving like it's going to happen. The tech world is laying people off like it's going to happen. Amazon is laying people off like it's going to happen. And we have a time now where it's harder and harder for businesses to remain profitable and stable. And we're raising their taxes. That, to me, does not sound like good business sense. It sounds great if you're a punish the rich person. If you're somebody out there that just think that we should be able to take the money from rich people and it's not going to affect anyone, the job creators and the business owners. But it makes no sense to me. Speaking of California, the Democrats in California are concocting a proposal that would would um, a it would go after people's wealth for the multimillionaires and billionaires. Even if you've left the state of California, they believe they have the right to tax you somewhere else in that state. I mean, just think about that for a moment. The, the, the constant idea. So a great business, if you own a very good business, um, one of the things that businesses look to do is find new revenue streams. That's one of the ways businesses become more profitable and they grow. So you let's say you like Starbucks. You know, you like Starbucks. When you go into Starbucks, you go to get your coffee, you've got to walk past a case that's selling juice and bottles of water and little sandwiches and little snacks and little cakes. And so it's just one more revenue stream for them. They're trying to get just a couple of more bucks from you. And if they can do that every single day throughout all of their stores, their profitability goes up. That's what they're talking about. When you go to the grocery store, they have those reach-in coolers right there, right as you're checking out. They've got reach-in coolers with diet soda and juice and energy drinks, and then you've got all the candy bars and the other stuff and the magazines and those last-minute impulse purchases, just one more revenue stream. You've already filled your cart. Now you're standing in line at the checkout. Can they get another couple of bucks out of you? Not a bad thing. 
If you're a company that can get more revenue streams, you're a more profitable, more diversified company. Well, the government has got the same kind of a mindset. We've got a death tax, which I happen to think is the most ghoulish thing we do. We are literally robbing graves. And there are people that are out there listening to me right now that think that the government's entitled to do this. I think that no matter who you are politically, it is the most ghoulish thing we do as a, as a government. If we are so broke and we have mismanaged and overspent money so bad that we're taking taxes from the dead, we've got issues. So you're someone – and it might not be you particularly, but someone has done the right thing. They started when they were younger. They bought a couple of investment properties, and they snowballed as they got older, and they ended up with a pretty sizable real estate portfolio. They've got some money set aside, and they've said, you know what? We've got children, and when we pass away, we're going to divvy up our properties amongst our children so that their financial futures are secure as well. And the government comes along and says, you know what? We're entitled to a piece of that. So not only do you have to sell off some of those properties to satisfy your tax debt to the government, in many cases, destroying your birthright that your parents worked so hard for, chances are you're going to pay capital gains taxes on those properties before you pay the death tax. And if you're a farmer or rancher in Arizona, and I'm sure there are some of them that are listening, the land is worth more than the money they make, especially with the real estate market going away. Or imagine if you're a farmer, you're a couple of generations farming in Arizona, and you own one of those farms out in the West Valley in Buckeye. The value of your property has gone up greatly. What happens when you pass away and your children take over that farm or that ranch? They're on the hook for the value of that property. And then you end up becoming a sharecropper, share, selling off huge sections of your land to satisfy a federal tax debt after the person that paid taxes their entire life passes away. I think it's ghoulish, but it's all again. It's it's that there is one, and it used to be that it was only one party that was digging into the pockets every way they could. It's not that way anymore. We have to be honest. Our government has overspent and overspent and overspent, and even the Republicans, many of them that have been elected to office, have figured out if we if we line people's pockets with tax dollar promises, we're insured reelection. And you look at the deficits we've created. It is it is to me astronomical. I think it's hurtful. I, I just think it's one of those things that all Americans should look at. I mean this. I wish I could get through to Democrats and have them realize I, you're not my enemy. You're not the enemy and I'm not yours. We should both stand shoulder to shoulder. We disagree with where the pile of money should be spent. We're going to argue about that. We're going to be on opposite sides of the table when that happens about how we spend American tax dollars. But we should be unified in saying there's a finite amount of money that the government's allowed to have, and they've got to figure out the best way to spend it. They've got to stop coming after us and our grandchildren and our grandchildren's grandchildren with this huge amount of debt in order to satisfy the desires of the people voting right now. And instead, we've got all these taxes coming with to businesses when the economy is starting to falter. Makes no sense to me. No sense whatsoever. A few minutes left before we close it out here in the show. Please stick around for just a few more moments. Values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. 
I went on a little bit of a rant earlier in the show. We got a few minutes left here. I'm going to go back to a topic we talked about before. There is a there is this thing that happens in our society that is very um, strange to me. And the reason why it's strange is we hold people accountable for stuff that happened forever ago, forever ago. And um, it's interesting to see what how we do this. Um and the reason why I got on this kick was uh, I'm a big music fan, and my my um, taste in music is all over the place. Everything from '70s funk and the you know the late '60s and and you know Sly and the Family Stone and and just a lot of the really cool music of the past to old '60s rock and roll and the peace, love, and d- drugs movement. I love the Doors and you know heavy metal music. I just watched the uh, the Metallica documentary over again. One of my favorite favorite bands is a Christian band called Third Day. One of the, their lead singer, Mac Powell, is a good friend and one of the big, best singers in the world, I think. I say this because when I hear people blaming music for things, it makes me laugh because it just isn't possible to blame music for someone's behavior. But this more than anything made me laugh. Aretha Franklin had a hit in 1968 called um, Natural Woman, A Natural Woman. You make me feel like a natural woman. And there is a transgender activist organization that doesn't have enough problems in the world to sort out. They want this song banned because the phrase natural woman. They think it's an affront to transgender people. It is absolutely absurd. It is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my life. So I played something because I've talked about Dr. King. I've talked about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. back in the 1960s when he was preaching, talking about what an abomination homosexuality was. He didn't like uh, gay people. He didn't like – back then calling it the gay lifestyle. He was not a fan. He, as a matter of fact, was a very outspoken person against it. Well, we know that Dr. King is known for the civil rights movement. We also know that Dr. King – is honored in almost every city in the country with the Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We know that Dr. King is honored in Washington, D.C. with a memorial. Are we going to reverse any of that because of his stance in the 1960s on homosexuality? The answer is no. The cancel culture would never try to go after him. But I'm going to play something for you again. I played it earlier on the show, and it's interesting. One of the most popular children's show ever, but especially in the 1970s, was Mr. Rogers. It, it was up there with Sesame Street. It was what every kid watched. Every kid remembered Mr. Rogers. I want you to hear an old song by Mr. Rogers, and you tell me what would happen if somebody on TV tried to do this today. Are fancy on the outside. Some are fancy on the inside. Yes, sir. Everybody's fancy. Everybody's fine. Your body's fancy, and so is mine. Boys are boys from the beginning. Uh-uh. If you were born a boy, you stay a boy. Uh-oh. Girls are girls right from the start. If you were born a girl, you stay a girl oh, and grow up no. to be a lady. Everybody's fancy. Everybody's fine. Your body's fancy. And so is mine. Only girls can be the mommies. Only boys can be the daddies. Yes, sir. Everybody's fancy. Everybody's fine. Your body's fancy. 
And so is mine. Boys are boys from the beginning. He got in trouble as soon as he uttered that state. Could you imagine? I imagine that somehow, and I don't know the awards that Mr. Rogers has won over his years on television. I don't know the special places in broadcasting halls of fame that he is in. I don't know any of the answers to that, although I am sure that he has won every major award that was possible for a children's television show. Can you imagine? And I would venture a guess, because I've had some people that have heard this and have sent it to me. It's making the rounds on social media. How long before the cancel culture not only wants all references to Mr. Rogers removed so that you can't hear that or see that anywhere, how long before they want his name taken down and and awards that he had been given taken away? If he has got a, uh, if he has got uh, his handprints on the Walk of Fame in L.A., do you think they're going to try to get it removed? You know they are. That you cannot take what was the 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 um, culture of the day. Take it from the 1960s or 70s, put it into the 21st century, and hold people to the same standard. It doesn't work. It's an absolute joke that this is even being discussed. But you know what's going to happen. I may share that Mr. Rogers video on uh, social media soon. Speaking of social media, at Broomhead KTAR is where you can find me on Twitter. Um, uh, At Broomhead Show, update you on our show guests. By the way, thanks to all of our guests today. Go listen to the interviews on the podcast. Or Mike Broomhead, all one word on Instagram is where you can keep track of me in between shows. Would love to stay in touch in between shows. It's been a fun day. I appreciate you spending part of your day with me and I hope you can do it again with us tomorrow. We'll be back right around 8 o'clock. So until then, have a great day everyone. God bless.